Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Asking big things of God, the big ask. I told Isaiah, I've got to be very, very careful how I say that or I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble. Let's talk about the big ask, all right? That's a pun. If you're not aware of it, think about it, all right? And she laughed. I can't believe that. Too many times we're timid, we're afraid. We don't want to ask the big things of God. Reminds me of the story of the two little boys who a few weeks before Christmas were staying with their grandma, and when they're saying the prayers, the youngest one began to yell, I want a new bike. I want a new Xbox. His older brother said, why are you doing that? God's not deaf. He said, no, but grandma is. The big ask. Throughout the Old Testament, God again and again challenged his people to ask big, to dream big, and to do big. He declared through Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. How many are asking for things that you've never seen, things that never cost your mind, your imagination? How many are asking for big things that will dream big and do big in your lives? With the coming of Jesus Christ, that didn't change. Jesus said, and whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And when Jesus returned to heaven, Holy Spirit was here to continue as the keeper of the promise. The Apostle John wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit these words in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So my question to you this morning is what are you asking for? And came with a challenge. We have a responsibility, a calling, no, a command to reach the entire world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a pretty big ask. How can me and you do that? Well, there's three prongs to missions. First, we go. Second, we send. And third, we pray. And if you can't be a goer, you can be a sender. And if you can't be a goer or a sender, you can be a prayer. Oh, come on, everybody ought to be involved in taking the great commission, the knowledge of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. We should have a big ask in our hearts and in our lives. What are you asking for? I'm not talking about houses and cars and jobs and promotions. I'm not saying you make a big ask for God to give you a mansion and a Lamborghini and a $5,000 Italian suit or dress. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when we ask big, it aligns with the heart of God. It dovetails right into what God is doing, what God is wanting done on planet Earth. See, he didn't save you to set you on a church seat and let you rot. He saved you to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit to enable you to walk out of this building and Sunday through Saturday over and over and over again be a light in the darkness, a witness to a world that is lost, a testimony to those who are finding themselves in the most severe places of life. He saved you to transform you and send you into the harvest. He didn't save you to set you on a pew. 
Psalm 2, it has been my life verse. I think about it, I read it, I repeat it, I pray it. Ask of me, God says. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations and the heathen for thine inheritance. Ask of me. My question is, what are you asking of God? We've got to move beyond the natural things, move beyond the things that we see and begin asking for things that are only seen in the realm of the Spirit. We need to align our hearts with God so that when we begin to pray, God begins to speak into us. We receive direction and motivation and guidance, and we do what he asks us to do. You say, well, I don't know how to hear from God. Well, let me tell you very quickly how you hear from God. You open your Bible and you begin to read. Read some Old Testament, read some New Testament. And then take a pad or a diary and a pen and just sit there and meditate on what you've just read. And as you think about it, as you meditate on it, as you read it over and over again, begin to write down the thoughts that are coming to your mind. Don't stop as long as thoughts are coming. And then once those thoughts stop coming, see what aligns with God's word and what doesn't. And what aligns with God's word is God speaking to you. You see, you made this too spooky. You made this too scary. You made this too difficult. God longs to speak to his people yet today. I've come to tell you, God's still speaking. The problem is we're not listening and we're not acting. When God speaks, he expects us to carry out what he spoke to us. We fail in that area so many, many times. But today, God is giving us an opportunity to step into his divine plan, to do something greater than ourselves, something that will outlive us. You talk about legacy, there is no greater legacy than to say, my kids are serving Jesus Christ. My coworkers have accepted him and are serving him. My extended family know that I'm a believer and they're turning the hearts toward God. There is no greater legacy than the legacy you build through the kingdom of God. I encourage you to be legacy builders. Begin to build that legacy through the kingdom of God and see what God will do. The problem is we ask too small. We never have a big ask. It's always a small one. God, just help me get through today. God, give me food for my table. God, give me a new job. Small things. Don't you understand he's already promised to do that? He already said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. What things? Your food, your clothing, your shelter. Why are you worrying about physical things when God said, I got it covered? God said, it's done. God said, I've taken care of it. Now, you may not be living in a mansion, but you've got a roof over your head. Your utilities are on. You've got food in your belly and clothes on your back, and for that, you should give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing for me. Ask big, not small. We need to begin to ask big. What does Ephesians 3.20 say? Now unto him who is able, remember that word able, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even begin to think. What does that say? It says that God's ability is far greater than our imagination. God's ability is far greater than our confession. God's ability is far greater than our resources, our knowledge, our experience, our plans. It's time to ask big. Ask big of God and see what God will do. John 14, 13, and 14, Jesus said, And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
Too many people got off track with that verse because they think it's talking about prosperity. It's not. It's talking about building the kingdom of God. It's talking about reaching people for Christ. It's talking about seeing the sick healed, the lame walking, the blind seeing. It's talking about altars filled with people giving their hearts to the Lord. Oh, folks, stop asking for things. He's already said, I've got covered. And begin asking for something that's big. Ask for a harvest. I'm asking that this place be filled. Not so I can preach to a full house, but because that shows me people are being reached by the power of God, that you're doing what God has called you to do. You're inviting, you're encouraging, you're telling your story, you're sharing your testimony. And when people experience the Holy Ghost in your life, hear me, they want some of that. But it's never going to happen unless you begin to ask big, God, use me today. Put somebody in my path today then I can minister to and witness too. We need to understand that's God's call for our lives. And if we're going to ask big, we have to believe for the impossible. We have to believe that God is able to do all things. What did Mark eleven twenty two say? Have faith in God. For with God, all things are possible. When we begin to ask big, God takes us from the realm of the natural to the realm of the supernatural. When we begin to ask big, God lets us see things we never thought we would see, go places we never thought we would go, dream about things we never thought we'd dream about. When we begin to ask big, see, when you begin to ask big, God begins to pour those things into your mind and into your heart. And you begin to sing, okay, God, this is exciting. How do we do this? Tell me the first step. Let me walk it out. I want to be involved in building your kingdom. That's why every man in this place need to come to my night's training, June 4th and 5th. Because knights live pure, speak truth, right wrongs, and follow the king. Every man needs those four tenets in his life. Come tonight, sign up out there at guest services. Sign up on the app. I don't care how you do it. Just sign up. And if you don't have the money, we'll figure out how to pay your cost. It's not a problem. When you begin living in that realm of asking big, God begins placing you in places you never thought you would go. I'll never forget when I went to Chittagong, Bangladesh by myself. The missionary sent me down there. You can handle it, no problem. Go preach a crusade. Pastor met me at the airport. Took me to the guest house, which ended up being a long ways from the church. And he says to the chokagar, who is the guard at the gate, He says, when he's ready to go, he'll come down. You call a rickshaw and give the driver the address and they'll bring him to the church. So that's what we did. I'm just silly enough to believe that what he said was going to happen was going to happen. Didn't work that way because after about 30, 40 minutes of peddling that rickshaw, this driver stopped. He was a little bitty skinny guy, maybe five foot three, didn't even weigh 100 pounds, and he's hauling this big old American around. He stops and he tells, telling me by emotions and gestures to get out. This was as far as he was going. I'm looking around. I don't see a church. And I'm saying, I'm not getting out. You didn't take me where I was supposed to go. I'm not getting out. And the crowd began to gather. And it wasn't but a couple of minutes until there were hundreds of Bengali men in that street, all yelling at me, shouting, calling me a name. I knew the name in Bengali. It wasn't a nice name they were calling me. I'd see him get angry because I wouldn't get out of the rickshaw. Just about the time I thought, well, you know, they'll write it on my obituary. He wouldn't get out of the rickshaw, and he died. 
Just about that time, I see a young man working his way through the crowd. He's pushing, he's shoving, he's moving people out of the way. He walked up to the edge of that rickshaw and he said, are you Stephen Dow? I said, yeah, I am as a matter of fact. Shocked, startled, and amazed. He said, my name is Philip, follow me. There's some significance to that if you know the book of Acts, because it was Philip that led the Ethiopian eunuch to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He took me to the church. Now listen to me. As I began to preach that service, there was a little boy, there was a door on each side of the platform, everything was open, no air conditioning, about 100 degrees and 110% humidity, it was hot. Chittagong's right on the Indian Ocean. And as I was preaching, there was a little boy, probably seven or eight years old, that was chasing a chicken, but he could never catch it. It went in one door and out the other. Turned around again, ran around the building, in one door and out the other. And I'm watching this. Nobody's doing anything. I'm thinking, wow, this is really weird. Is that lunch or what? I don't know. (laughs) Distraction, interruption again and again, trying to prevent what God was going to do in just a moment. Because in that service, you remember, I told you last week about the little boy, deaf and dumb, never spoke a word. God opened his ears. God opened his mouth. I heard the first word he spoke that day. I didn't tell you about the lame man who couldn't walk, and God touched him. He rose up and very tentatively began to walk. He didn't take but about three steps, and all of a sudden, he's running just like that little boy across the back of the platform, only he's not chasing a chicken. He's chasing God and giving him honor and glory and praise. Well, I could tell you about the blind man in that service who had been blind his entire life, and God opened his eyes. Folks, what I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you ask big. God does big things. Now, you may not be comfortable with it. You may not feel that's going to work for me, but if you'll simply trust him and follow him, you're going to find things amazing and mighty and powerful happening in your life. Remember the time that we raised $120,000 to buy a boat, a 25-foot cabin cruiser, to be used off the coast of southern Chile to evangelize some islands that couldn't be reached any other way. No airport strips, nothing. Had to be by boat. And I went down on the maiden voyage. We went out of the safety of the harbor, the bay, southern Chile into the South Pacific. The South Pacific is cold that far down. We went out to it, and I can remember day after day, we'd stop at an island, set up a service, begin to preach, People would come. Lives would be changed. One night, the whole crew was pretty much exhausted. But there was just another island about a mile away. We couldn't even get to it by the boat because there was no place to safely dock. There was no place to run it up and tie it off. So three of us said, we'll take that little rubber raft we towed behind us. We'll row over there, and we'll have a service tonight. We had no idea what we were getting into. Because as we rode across that bay toward that other island, all of a sudden there's this huge ship coming out of somewhere. Lights are on. The diesel engines are powering it. And I'm looking at where we are, and I'm looking at where he is. I'm looking at where we are, I'm looking at where he is. And I'm thinking, okay, God, this is where we're going to die. It'll be a watery death in the South Pacific. This is it. It's over. It's over. People laugh at me all the time because I tell them, this may be it, you know. They just don't understand what I've been through and where I've been. And it's okay with me if this is it. You understand that? Because I know there's something better waiting for me. I know I've got the hope of heaven to me, for me to live as Christ. But to die, Paul said, is gain. 
I'll never forget when we barely evaded a collision, actually being ran over by that ship. Just a matter of yards. We finally got to that little island. We rode up and tied that little rubber raft off on some rocks and began to walk towards the downtown of that place. And the first person we encountered, he said, who are you? Why are you here? We said, we're here to teach and preach about Jesus Christ. His words burned into my mind. He said, I am the man from Macedonia. And I have been praying for you to come. Friend, I'm telling you, when you ask big, God is going to blow you out of your comfort zone. He's going to do things that you never thought could be done. He's going to lead you, guide you, and direct you, and take you to new heights in him. Shaka was a great chief of the Zulus. Under his leadership was 12 to 14 years total, but under his leadership, the Zulus conquered the entirety of Southern Africa. He was a master warrior. He actually invented psychological warfare. He was actually a very bloodthirsty man, but his, his results were amazing. He was known for his wisdom, his intellect, his abilities. And into his reign, about 10 years, there was one lieutenant who decided, I think I can overthrow him. I can outsmart him. I can cause him to show his fallibility, his vulnerability. So he took a live bird and he put it behind his back in his hand. He walked in and he said, oh, great Shaka, you are full of wisdom, intellect, and knowledge. Tell me, is the bird in my hand alive or is it dead? He knew that if Shaka said it was alive, he would squeeze the life out of it and present it dead. He knew that if Shaka said it was dead, he would present it alive and it would fly away. It was a no-win situation. Shaka knew that. So in, in his response and in his reply, he said to that young lieutenant, the power of life or death is in your hand. I say to you today, All Nations Church, I say to you today watching online, the power of life or death is in your hand. Tom, come back, please. The power of life or death is in your hand. Every one of us either need to go or send or pray. Some of us need to do all three. Some of us need to understand God's calling upon our lives supersedes this church, Tallahassee, Florida, the United States. God is sending us out. Oh, I pray every day, God, raise up young men and raise up old men and women. I don't care. Put the calling of God upon their lives and send them into the harvest field. For that is the desire of the king. What are you asking for? Is a time you stopped asking for physical things that are already been, have already been provided and begin asking for things in the realm of the Spirit and ask you to fill out this card. I'm going to be a little stronger, a little more powerful. Every person who names the name of Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior needs to be involved in the Great Commission. Every person needs to be sowing into what God has promised, that great harvest. I don't care if it's a dollar a month, $5 a month, $5,000 a month. I don't care how much it is. Neither does God. For you see, God is not looking at the size of the gift. He's looking at what you have left over. That's what measures your obedience to Him. Take that card out right now. Put your name on it. Put your address on it. Put your phone and your email on it. 
And then you determine by the Spirit of God how much you're going to give every month to support the work of God around the world. It begins in Jerusalem, but begins right here in Tallahassee. And we're supporting local ministries right here in Tallahassee who are making a difference. It goes on into Judea, which is Florida in our terms. Into Samaria, which is Gainesville in your terms right here. And to the uttermost parts of the world. I don't know what God wants you to do. That's not my role. I don't know what God's wanting you to participate in. That's not my role. It's his and yours. You see, I believe this morning God is calling people in this place to rise up and start new ministries, to rise up and step into the gifts and calling of God, to rise up and move into that place of service to the kingdom he's called you to be. It's time to stop sitting on the pew and start rising up and entering the harvest field. Romans eleven twenty nine for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. He never takes them back. Maybe you've let that call drop. Maybe you've let it lapse. Maybe you've said, I'm not doing that anymore. I got hurt. Well, welcome to the club. We've all been hurt. It's not a matter of if you've been hurt. It's a matter of how you're going to get over it. How you're going to move on. How you're going to do better. How you're going to let that be a learning experience. How you're going to never uh, allow the enemy to tear you apart in your spirit again. I've told you many times, you can't offend me and that's a decision I've made. You might make me mad, but you're not going to offend me. I'm not going to live with the spirit of offense. I'm not going to live in a place where Satan has free reign in my mind, in my emotions. And that's what happens when you allow hurt and offense to continue to fester and bloom and blossom in your life. You're useless in the kingdom of God when you live in a spirit of offense. You need to understand that. There's a very real enemy. He's going to do everything in his power to offend you, to get you to stop doing what God has called you to do. His goal is to destroy your life with Jesus. Come on, folks, rise up out of that. Put that behind you. Say that from today forward, I will not live with the spirit of offense. I'm going to live with the spirit of victory. I'm an overcomer. I'm an achiever. I'm victorious. I'm a child of the king. You will not offend me because I won't let you. I'm moving on in what God's doing in my life. Some of you need to step back into that call. Pick up those gifts again. Others... You need to step into where God is calling you right now. He's been talking to you about starting a new ministry. Now listen, here's the way it works. When the Spirit of God talks to you about doing something, that doesn't mean I'm the one to do it. When the Spirit of God talks to you, He's talking to you because He wants you to do it. You can come to me, Pastor Isaiah, Pastor Chris. You can tell us what the Spirit is saying to you. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to bless you. We're going to pray over you. We're going to send you out. We're going to believe in a divine anointing that will break every yoke. We're going to believe for a great harvest through your ministry and through your life. But we're not doing it for you. Is that straight enough? So church, rise up. Step into what God is calling you to do. Obey Him. Do what He's asking. And this goes far beyond that little card you have in your hand. The only way we're going to fill this house is by you and I rising up, stepping out, moving in the places God wants us to move. Stand your feet with me across this room. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? 
Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.